Welcome back to Behind the Curtain podcast feed, especially this show, Starter Kit, where we bring on a guest and we ask them for tips or advice on how to get into what they're passionate about in life. Today, I have two very special guests with me today, Cynthia and Alan. Welcome to the show. Woo! Yeah. We're excited to be here. Yeah. Alan, welcome. What's up? So the reason why I have you on Starter Kit uh, this year, I've been trying to get you on the previous iteration of the <laughs> show, but you know X Y Z, uh, it didn't work out. Um, work. Work. So I want to start off with congratulations because it's been one year of your marriage. Woo! So we made it. I wish I got to figure out how to put some sound effects later on, but. Yes, um, and the reason why we're here is that I'm kind of forcing you to sort of reflect on your first year as a married couple, and hypothetically, if I had a time machine and we could go back to a year ago, I would want you to give yourselves this, these four tips on what to do, and that's why you're here. Because I believe you guys have a lot of wisdom to offer, and a lot of people will benefit from that. Alan's the wise one. Alan is the wise one. <laughs> and Cynthia, what does that make you? I'm the social creature. The social one. So, wisdom and social. So let's, yes. I guess if we combine both of you, you'd be like a politician or something, because you'd be out, you know... Interacting with the masses, but at the same time, actually knowing what you're doing. How many politicians know what they're doing? <laughs> Zero. Well, it's a few. Sounds I, like I, marriage. I can't, I can't knock everybody down, but hey, maybe the world would be a better place. And it is because both of you are in it. Oh, thank you. So let's begin. How did you guys meet? Did you not read the wedding website to begin with? I did, but many of our viewers and listeners didn't, <laughs> I mean, so let's... Just kidding. Well, um, I love to tell this story. One, because it's a little crazy. So I know my sophomore year, I attended SMU. Um, I did not live on campus anymore, so I remember walking to my first period class, which was Spanish, um, and praying in my head. I love I loved to pray um, while I'm walking, while I'm driving, and so I was walking to class and I was praying... And I was telling God that I really wanted a soccer player engineer. Ah. Specifically those yes. two? Good. Don't know where that came from. I love soccer. Um, and I actually went to an engineer in high school. So I mm-hmm. knew engineers were smart and they worked hard. And it was a prayer. So little did I know that I would be meeting my husband that same day. Or my future husband, sorry. My future husband that same day. And where was that? So went to Spanish class sat down next to one of my sisters, um, sorority sisters, and this cute guy walks in. He is super cute. He's just like I like him. Yeah. Tall, dark, and handsome. Um, Caliente. And I remember thinking like, wow, he's so cute. Little did I think he would sit next to me because I did not have that type of self-confidence back in the day. Um, But he did. He sat right next to me. I was shy, so I didn't say anything, but our professor... Honestly, I just needed a left-handed desk. (laughs) Oh, yeah, thanks. (laughs) The necessities of life for Alan, I needed a left-handed desk. Well, lucky for me, a left-handed desk was right next to me. But our professor, 
asks us to share numbers with the people next to us because she did not want us emailing her when we missed a class to see what homework we missed or what we missed. She wanted us to text our classmates. So, lucky for me, I turned around and exchanged numbers with Alan. Has it been the same numbers ever since then? Yeah, I've had the same number since high school. Okay. Yeah. But two weeks later, Alan drops the class. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Why, Alan? I already had more than enough homework to do with engineering. <laughs> I was not going to go through all that homework for something that I did not need to graduate. But why did you initially sign up for Spanish then? My parents kind of said <laughs> okay. that I shouldn't sign up for Spanish, and I you know, thought it would be fun and it wouldn't be hard because yeah. I know Spanish. Yeah. And then I realized the mountains of homework I was getting, and I'm like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Shout out to Professora Leon. Yeah. She was an amazing um, teacher. But we'll, we'll, send her, we'll send her the link of this. and then Does she know the story? Or? She does not, but it's okay. because of her that we exchanged numbers, and he began texting me. We just became friends. He would text me to see how Spanish was, yeah. um, to see what I was doing on campus. We ran across each other um, throughout the year at different events, um, different parties, and there was definitely chemistry there, but Alan was very busy um, exploring other options on campus. Ah. <laughs> the young bachelor in college. Yeah, the bachelor goes through how many girls on the show? 30. 30? I would not, I would not know hmm. that statistic. Congrats, Colton, by the way. Did Shout you jump over Colton. a fence, too? Or? Um, I'm not going to comment on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so fast forward to a year, um, and we took our relationship. We became, we became boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, I remember always making little prayers anytime I saw 11-11. I would pray to God for a good man, a man that loved God. Um, little did I know, Alan's soccer number was number 11. Really? I've been 11 since I was able to choose what number I could wear on the soccer field. I should have known that, but I don't. Yeah, I went to one of his soccer games and clearly was not paying attention. So yeah, he's number 11, which is really cool because I would pray about that. But also, we came to find out that our Spanish classroom mm -hmm. was 111. 111. So that was kind of crazy. But yeah, so I always tell people, tell God exactly what you want, because oh. I forgot to say Mexican. So Alan's not Mexican, but you know, still cute. Still Hispanic, so I'm so happy. So you get a pass. <laughs> God likes to be funny. Yeah, I've, absolutely. Yeah. So. And the rest is history, as they say? Yes. Yeah. Alan, is there anything that you would like to clarify about the story before we move on? <laughs> it's all lies. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll leave it as it is. You'll leave it as it is? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so how long into your, into your dating life did you know that your relationship was getting serious? Um, so I would say there's probably like two different levels of seriousness. Okay. So there's the first level where I'm like, okay, this isn't more than just dating for fun because I like hanging out with her. Mm -hmm. There's the, this is dating because I could potentially see myself marrying this person. And then there's the next level where it's like, okay, I do want to marry this person. And where you make the decision to start preparing. So did you go through both or did you yeah. have one or the other? No, so I went through one. I went through the first one um, after our first kind of summer together where I went back home to summer Louisiana. Summer apart. Summer apart. Ah. Cynthia was in Spain for study abroad. Um, and then when we when she when I came back to Dallas to go back to school, I moved into my first apartment, mm -hmm. and my roommate couldn't be there to let me in. 
So Cynthia came and grabbed the keys from him. So she waited for me to show up with all my stuff to, to drop family? it off. Yeah, my family Awkward. and my grandma. And so everyone was helping move <laughs> stuff. And so I, I'm not paying attention to who's where or what's doing what. Yeah. I'm just kind of getting stuff in and out of the truck as quick as possible right. so that we can return it. Um, and then Cynthia, were you hiding in the corner at this moment? Could not do that. You know, that's not the... Because there was no corner, there was just... Yeah, that's was, not the Hispanic thing to do. You. It you, was also a small apartment. Yeah. There weren't many places <laughs> to hide. So eventually we finished unpacking everything, got everything cleaned up, closed up the truck, and my parents and grandma left to go drop it off. And Cynthia was like, I really like your grandma. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then later I went out to dinner with my parents, and my mom was like, Oh yeah, your grandma really likes Cynthia. I'm just like seal Dang. of approval. She 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 jumped just, she jumped all the levels of approval straight yeah. to grandma. She said, "I know where to go." I did not do that on purpose to clarify. Your grandma's just really sweet. Cynthia, do you remember that conversation that you had with his grandma? It wasn't a conversation. It was more she was about to fall down the stairs, uh-huh. and I grabbed her from the back so uh-huh. she wouldn't fall. So it was it was this bonding moment of uh-huh. I have your back. Don't worry. And then she immediately thinks, oh, and my grandsons as well. And then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. Have you asked your grandma ever since what? No, I don't think I brought no? it up since then. No? My, my, my mom uh, will still allude to it occasionally. Like whenever okay. I say something and my mom will be like, well, it doesn't matter anyway because Cynthia already has your grandma's approval. So Yeah. So um, at, at, like at your wedding was, was like grandma like... Uh, the special person of the evening were, were they like seated next to both of you uh, at your table or yeah they were at like my family table which was okay. to the right of us she got the cute little flowers she did get a set of flowers yes yeah. um, and then the next level like I said where when I knew um, that I wanted to marry her was I my first job out of college was at an oil and gas software company yes and it just so happened that one year out of college, the oil market kind of crashed. So everyone that was buying. That's right. Everyone that was buying stopped. So was that like 13, 2013? 2016. Or 16. Well, I'm behind. Well, it, st- it started in 2015 and it kind of lasted into 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's when it hit my company. And that's when they started kind of trying to cut costs. Uh-huh. And so I was one of those costs that were cut. So mm. over that whole course of me dealing with it and kind of coming to terms with being let go and finding another job, um, Cynthia was still there. And uh, it took me maybe like a week or so or mm-hmm. a couple days to actually tell her. <laughs> so like I would see her and be like, bye, go to work. That was work. before his dad, by the way. Yeah. It took longer to tell his dad and mom. Yeah. But you knew. I mean, maybe you weren't ready to share that with other people, but yeah, like after, but like after dealing with all of that, yeah, like and finding another job and starting up again, like I knew I'm like it okay, made she, it pretty clear. Yeah, she didn't say, "Well, you don't have money to take me out." So, Cynthia, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember any about uh, this time period? Like, what was going through your mind? Like, okay, Alan just lost his job. Are you what's? Uh- I knew I was really upset that he didn't tell me sooner, but then I did understand where he was coming from. It's just a really low moment. I can't imagine being in his shoes. Um, So that was difficult, but it was also a little funny for him to think that I would leave him because Mm -hmm. of it. 
Um, and that's when I realized, no, like, I care about him way beyond him buying me tacos or taking <laughs> me out to the movies. This goes beyond that. Like, this is someone that I want to be with. This is someone that I'm willing to go through those hard times because I know that together it was just going to be a little easier. We didn't have all the answers, mm. but we were going to figure it out. And everything worked out. So that summer that he was unemployed, he actually spent so many hours helping at my school. I was a founder um, for a middle school in South Dallas. Mm -hmm. And he put so many hours just helping me start everything up. And had he been employed, he wouldn't have had that time to give me those hours. So it's just funny. God's funny. Uh, time yes. means everything. Mm. And Cynthia, do you remember when things were getting serious? Yeah, so was, like he said, I think there's there's definitely two levels. I think the first level... One, I didn't think we were going to make it past summer. Mm. Honestly, we started dating in a December mm -hmm. of 2012. She didn't think we were going to make it to the following spring break. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I come from a history of bad relationships where, you know, they last maybe max six months. and mm. But, you know, now in college, I still have that same mentality. But it wasn't until I started dating Alan that I was like, oh, this matters. This this could potentially be my life partner. Um, and I missed him so much. When I was in Spain, I realized that I really missed him. And when I started to think about why I missed him, I knew it was because I just felt safe with him. I felt comfortable. I could tell him anything. Um, and that's when I knew, like, oh, there could be more here. I know I have to get to know him more because at that point, I think it was still very surface level. Mm -hmm. We were going on dates. We were having a great time, but we hadn't really talked about the deep stuff yet. Mm. Watershed moment here. <laughs> uh. Okay. So while we're still reminiscing, there is something I do want to get ask you, which will tie into the point of the program. What do you remember about your first week of living together as a married couple? It was rough. Rough. It was rough. Coming from a really large apartment. I had a roommate, so we both had our own rooms, but we had a really large apartment to moving into a bachelor pad. <laughs> Decor was missing. He uh -huh. had a big orange couch, which we still have today. But like, there's nothing on the walls. Everything just seemed so sad. Uh -huh. um, that was hard for me. It just didn't feel at home. It just felt like I was in Alan's apartment. Mm. Um, and then also there was a certain level of messiness that uh -huh. I wasn't used to. Um, but hey, on the positive note, okay, um, I had someone to take out my trash. Yeah, had a chef. Uh, <laughs> I was living with my best friend. Um, he could kill bugs for me. Like it was, it was great. It was like this mixture of. Mixed emotions. Uh -huh. There was this getting adjusted to living with the man, but also knowing he's my best friend. So it was just like a learning curve. Okay. That occurred for like three months. Three months? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Alan, do you have the exact same memory or? Yeah. And there was lots of arguments about, we need stuff on the walls. And I said, why? <laughs> I'm like, I have a couch, a TV, food in the fridge, and a bed. What more do we need? The TV has moving pictures that change <laughs> depending on the uh, mood. Yeah, it, it was, it was rough. And like, so what was like the first thing that she added? What was like the first piece of decor that she introduced to your bachelor pad? The first thing was the coffee table. Okay. Then Cynthia just pointed at that for the, 
I was pointing at the cushions. Oh, Alan yeah, didn't pick up on, on that. Oh, you didn't have any cushions on the on your couch? It has cushions that you sit on. <laughs> oh, like throw pillows. She, yeah, she had a throw pillow. Oh, so that's yeah. what, that's my bad. I don't understand. Wrong choice of words. Like a throw pillow. Yeah, what is the throw pillow's purpose? This is this has fathomed me. I mean, maybe one or two, but I sometimes I, I see somebody's home and it's like a thousand. It looks artistic. It looks nice. It adds a pop of color okay. to this orange. It, it looks nice. Okay. I'm going to take notes on these. Of them. <laughs> I'll, have to rem- I'll have to remember that next time I see a thousand throw pillows. Is that There's actually a statement being made here. Yes. It matches things around my home. Okay. <laughs> So things are a little rough your first week to three months into your marriage. So now this is at the, at the top, this is the point of the show where I'm going to ask you for your first tip. So imagine if you could go back in time now and give yourself these four tips uh, to yourself. So what is your first tip, Cynthia and Alan? So before I give the first tip, Our word of the day is going to be balance. Okay. Why is there a word of the day and why is it balance? And the theme that's kind of go through these four tips is, is going to be finding your balance on any of these. Okay. So all these tips are a very broad Mm because we tried to just kind of simplify them down and B because everyone is so different, different. And because these are so simple, these will have different levels to how you may balance your life on these. Okay. Um, so the first tip is that is spending quality time together and that it's a very important okay. uh, part. So, so before your marriage, what was your idea of quality time? You guys were dating, you guys were having fun, you get married, what was that? So it was basically any moment that we could be together. Okay. So whether it was, you know, when we used to work together at work, at like our, our work study at, in school, or once we had both graduated, it was, you know, I get to see Cynthia for a bit after work before she has to go back home. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just basically taking every little opportunity we could to see each other, regardless of what we had to do. So like there were times where I would go grocery shopping and she would come with me, even though obviously she wasn't going to eat any of the groceries because she wasn't living with me. <laughs> but just the fact that, like, we, you know, we got to go through Walmart or whatever, and, and she would comment on why I was buying certain things. But at least, you know, it was time that I got to spend with her that I may not have had otherwise if she wouldn't have come along. Okay. Cynthia, so do you have anything to add? No, I think he got it. It was just because I lived at home or lived with roommates, um, we just had to take advantage of any little opportunity we had to be together because we both had really busy schedules. I graduated before him, so he was still studying for tests, um, doing homework. While I had all this time after work, I was attending happy hours or working out, so Mm -hmm. it was difficult to find that time we could spend together. So was, was that hard? learning about quality time after now that you're married? Like I said um, before, I am the social creature. Um, Mm -hmm. I really like um, just bringing people together. I'm hosting different people, being with friends. And so it was hard because once we were married and we're together all the time, Mm -hmm. like after work, um, 
I started doing a lot of things on the weekends with our friends. It would be me and him and our friends. And then I quickly realized that that did not count as quality time Mm. because it was time with friends, but it wasn't intimate time with me and him having no conversations or just enjoying each other. Um, So we quickly had to talk about that and choose a day out of the week to have, you know, date night, even if that means staying home and watching TV, having frozen dinners, Uh or if it's going out and running in the park, whatever it is, we had to be very intentional about quality time without other people. And how did this affect you the first time you realized, hey, I'm spending time with my best friend and her best friend (laughs) or her book club or something? Yeah, I think like it was very... Um, it was very easy to tell that we started kind of burning out a bit on time Ooh. together uh, because our mentality when it came to the weekend was, well, we already saw each other the whole week because <laughs> we live together now. Like I woke up to you and I went to, went to bed with you. So now it's time for us to see our friends. And yeah, you, you can come along. And <laughs> that way, come that, along. That was You're invited too. Oh yeah, yeah, we're married. So uh, come along. Yeah. And then like it very quickly, we were able to tell her like, okay, well, wait, we would come upon an issue or we would have some type of argument and then we'd be like, wait, why haven't we talked about this if this was as big of an issue as we're making it sound? And then be like, well, because we don't really talk about stuff anymore. Mm. And then we're like, well, why? We were going through the process and routines. Mm -hmm. So it was like, go to work, come home, work out, cook dinner, go to sleep, wake up, start over until the weekend and then go out with friends and then start the week over. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so now Saturday nights, for the most part, are me and him, whatever it is, but it's just us two. Oh. Mm-hmm. A little growing pains, but... We like vacations, too, but... Yeah. <laughs> those but, don't happen as often. Yeah. <laughs> Can doing nothing together count as quality time? Yes and no. You can't always be doing... Nothing, right? But sometimes I'm an introvert. I need to recharge. And what that means to me is being on the couch and having Alan just pet my hair and he can be watching (laughs) sports um, and I can just be laying there and I feel amazing. And to me, that is quality time. But also recognizing that we can't do that every day or every weekend um, because sometimes we need to have those conversations. You never stop learning about each other. It's really amazing. Um, We started watching YouTube videos to learn about different religions, to learn about history. I think the last one we watched was about the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's awesome to be able to, like, see something small, like a three-minute video, and then have these deep conversations and see where we aren't the same or where we think differently. But it's really awesome to just learn together. So, yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. Alan, do you prefer to do nothing over something or... Um, it depends on the something that we're doing. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so whole, we got to we got to bait you a little bit. Okay? Yeah, on the whole, doing nothing thing though. After about the second game of the day, she starts getting antsy. <laughs> <laughs> she hates football season. Okay, so that ties into my next question, Cynthia. What have you learned to appreciate because of Alan? Other than Louisiana. Other than Louisiana. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's just shout out to um, Willie's um, Bright Chicken in New Orleans, uh-huh. Keen Cakes, and anything Cajun. Okay. Really, though, Alan has opened my, my palate to these different amazing things. Um, Alan's a very patient person. Mm. He's helped me appreciate the journey. 
Mm. I'm such a results-oriented person. Mm -hmm. I'm just so quick to get things done. Like he said, I don't really like doing nothing. I want to, you know, constantly be on the go. Um, But Alan is more analytical. He likes to savor the moment and take everything one step at a time. And being with him has definitely helped me with that, appreciating the small things, the journey to get somewhere. Um, Yeah. It's a work in progress. But I can definitely appreciate that more. So patience. Patience, yes. Alan, what have you learned to appreciate because of Cynthia? Um... Definitely other types of music. <laughs> like, like what, like, Alan? Like what? Like what huh? Like, Please share. Uh, Don't miss anything. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like um, like banda, country. What's um, what's banda? Banda is a type, a regional type of uh, music to certain parts of Mexico. Okay. Kind of dance in a circle. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> in a circle okay yeah, you go you go around this like big track like imagine like those roller derby rinks yeah like you, you you're dancing together around in a circle <laughs> and you're just following the crowd of people in a circle thanks alan yeah um and then on top of that just kind of being a little more open to new things and new experiences so i'm a very uh, like Cynthia's analytical, analytical person, mm-hmm. but with, with that also comes being a very routine person as well. I find mm-hmm. something that I know works and unless I have reason to believe that there's a better way to do it, I stick with that and then I just keep going and going and going and I just get stuck in that routine until I find I either hit an issue that causes me to change or some outside force, <laughs> aka Cynthia, pushes me out yeah. of that routine. So, so those of you who don't know, Alan, I know that Alan is in software engineering, and I just imagined a, a line of code running right now in my <laughs> head, and it hits, a, you're debugging it, and it hits a stop, and then it'll rerun again until, <laughs> until you fix the issue. Pretty much. So how appropriate is that you're in that field? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for that. And what is your tip number two that you would tell yourself if you had a time machine and could go back and tell yourself? So our second tip is that growth, once you're married, no longer becomes kind of your own idea of growth. Mm. It, it's it now long and now is also supporting your partner's idea of growth. Hmm. So in your relationship, is it easier to think about yourself first and then your partner or vice versa? I think I still definitely default to myself first mm-hmm. um, just because I was single, not married for 26 years of my life. Mm-hmm. I was so used to being independent. I'm an only child. Mm. Um, so it was always me, myself, and I. Yeah. Um, and so now that I'm married... A long time is so great, guys. Now, yeah, now that I'm married, I have to... I find myself being like, I need to ask Alan first. For example, I went on a five-day conference just this past weekend. And when I was signing up for it, I remember being like, oh, I should ask Alan and make sure these dates work with him. Um, And I definitely wouldn't have have thought that was going to happen until I'm now married. And those things come up to my mind, but definitely self so it's a work in progress mm-hmm. that now I take him into consideration before making major decisions that might, you know, that will affect us because because we are a couple now. We yeah. are one. So what I do will affect both of us. Hmm. 
Alan, will you let it slide sometimes, of Cynthia thinking of herself first and then thinking of you, or? Yeah, I mean, when you when you boil it down, we're all we're all still animals, so our <laughs> our monkey brain is gonna get some type of input and uh-huh. say, how does this help me? And as you know, we've no we're no longer monkeys; we've evolved. So yeah, being married, part of that is saying, okay, no longer how will this affect me, but how will this affect us? And it's kind of always reminding and pushing yourself into that other set of thinking because instinctively you're always going to be like yes I got this I got the thing I always wanted and then you're not going to think about anyone else because you got this or I'm hungry I want pizza I don't care what Cynthia wants so it's kind of breaking out of those instincts to care about someone else so reminding and pushing (laughs) Somewhere, that's going to be like on a little notepad somewhere, like at a marriage prep course or something. <laughs> reminding and pushing, reminding and pushing. I hope it gets easier. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It'll eventually become muscle memory. Yeah, but I mean, with age and stuff, just like anything else. Yeah. So, okay. So both of you come from different backgrounds. Obviously, you come from different states because um, Cynthia mentioned Louisiana. Alan, you were born in Louisiana. Born and raised Born until in, I went to college. Until you went to college, until you came here to Texas. And met the love of his life. And met the love of his <laughs> life. Uh, you always have different dynamics. So where does the synthesis happen between both of you? Where do you learn to put your differences aside and remind yourself and push yourself to come together as one? When I think about our differences, I think they're definitely more surface level. We think about like my favorite foods, our favorite music, the state's that we come from, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. But I think our foundation, and we discovered this halfway through our dating, um, is our values. Our foundation is our values. We were playing this game. It was like 11 p.m. We were having one of those nights where we just ate pizza and had, um, and we're just playing games, like, you know, board games. But we came upon this game online called 21 Questions. Oh, like the classic 21 question. Yeah. So, and we're like, okay, let's play it. And when I think one of the questions was about values, and because this was a really important question, I told Alan to write it down on his phone and I would do the same because I wanted to make sure we weren't copying each other's answers. You know, I didn't want to give answers and then have Alan just be like, oh yeah, same. Mm -hmm. So we wrote them down. Um, And the crazy thing is we both wrote the exact same three things. And what was it? What were they? So um, it was family, Uh God, and growth. We didn't write them exactly the same. Family and God were the same, but I think Alan wrote ambition. Um, I wrote growth. Um, but, you know, similar similar statements. Mm-hmm. And that's also a point where I was like, wow, I think this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Because family and God are two very important things to me. And the fact that he was on that same level, I was like, this is what matters. Like beyond him not being Mexican or beyond him not wanting to wear cowboy boots. Like, <laughs> this was a man that shared the same values as I did, and I think that was a good foundation to, you know, continue our relationship. Values. Important. Yeah. I mean, the way I looked at it is, um, you know, we're climbing up the mountain of life, and at various times, you know, you'll cross paths with other people, but eventually your paths will diverge. And it just, we started on different sides of the mountain, you know, we have different backgrounds, mm-hmm. but it just so happened that the paths we were on converged and didn't seem to split. 
at all. So sometimes people will come into your lives, you'll be together with them for a bit, and then you'll go about your own ways. And so, you know, we came from different backgrounds, met up at SMU, and then realized that we were both trying to get to the same part of the mountain. Hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So you see, he's, he's been on this journey ever since then, and yeah. you're now on the figure out, oh, he's, he's been running this race. Where are we he's going, going to, up Alan? The yeah. Where is this journey leading us? World domination. World domination. <laughs> I was going to say pizza, but world domination. <laughs> Cynthia, what was missing from your life now that you have Alan? I, like I said, I'm a risk taker. I am really quick to jump onto new new ventures without really thinking or analyzing the risk. Um, so I'm, I now feel that I have a life jacket when I jump off those cliffs. Mm. And Alan's my life jacket. He's the one that will analyze big decisions when I'm making them. Um, so I really needed that in my life. It's a life jacket. Sometimes it's a bungee cord. You know. <laughs> It'll stretch. Oh. It has its limits on oh. how far it will stretch. It depends on what she's jumping off into. Yeah. <laughs> like a purchase. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we should go return this. Yeah. Did you really need this? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, back to the patience. I, I'm also quick to anger mm. and quick to speak without, again, thinking. So I think Alan's... So uh, the life jacket calms you yes. down. Yeah, and so I was missing that grace that I think I've, now that Alan's in my life, he models it so well mm. that I find myself wanting to be more like Alan in that aspect. Hmm. Hold mm-hmm. that thought. I'm going to come back to that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and Alan, what was missing from your life that you now have because Cynthia is in your life? Other than dance skills? Yeah. Um <laughs> And the weird music tastes. Yeah, yeah. Weird? Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. Well, it was weird to him. He made the face. Yeah, I would probably say having a greater empathy towards others. Because I was always a very kind of lift yourself by the bootstraps Mm -hmm. oriented kind of person. You know, put in your work, Mm -hmm. get your experience, get your payment for what you've done. Um and I would always try and when I was helping people, I would always have that same attitude. So I'm like, here, this is what you need to do. Do this work and you will get it X result. Uh-huh. And when Cynthia came into my life, because she's such a caring person, not just about herself, but about everyone in general. And especially about people that may not have as many uh, blessings as we have. It kind of helped me think that. And I learned that it's not always about telling people here, do this work and you'll get this result because sometimes they might not have the ability to do that work. So sometimes you just have to do the work for them to help them. And so understanding where people may be and how to help them properly and actually going out of your way to help them instead of just saying, here's the tools you need for the job, have fun. The difference between equality and equity, if anybody would like to look that up. Hmm. Cool. So maybe this explains why you said you were founder of a middle school. Yeah. Um, yes, because I saw a need in the community and, and I applied to this job I didn't think I was qualified for. First of all, it was an operations manager. I've never managed anybody in my life, but I saw the 
I saw that I was going to be able to use some of those skills that I'm really good at. I love project management and it put me really close to the community and it was awesome. I did so like I did so many things beyond my job description, mm-hmm. but it was one of the best experiences of my life. Those 3 years were hard, but they were amazing. And then Alan walks in to help you and there's yes. like a hundred kids yes. screaming for his attention. And then <laughs> Alan's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Jump out the window now. What high school do you go to, mister? <laughs> yes, they thought I was dating a high schooler. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, he showed up in like gym shorts and a baseball cap. I was going to be doing manual labor. I was going to be dressed for it. <laughs> So they thought I was dating a high schooler. Miss hmm. Torres likes the younger guys. No, I mean he's one year younger, but that's, does that qualify? No, that's that's not a big difference. <laughs> okay, so tip number three. So our third tip. This is my favorite. <laughs> is be silly together, whatever that may mean for you as a as a couple. Hmm. And what does that mean to you, Cynthia? It's, it's just being yourself. It's this level of being able to laugh at each other all the time. Mm. Um, it's just, it's home. It's, it's, it's knowing I can be as silly as I want. I could, you know, say things that might, might be wrong, but I have someone that can laugh at me and then be like, okay, let's, let's try that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awesome. Like, and I, um. I love singing random jingles that I've never done with anybody else but Alan. Again, it's this level of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I love making noises. I love making faces. <laughs> um, but only Alan's the only person that's ever seen that because uh-huh. that's the person I feel comfortable with. Like That's how you know he's my bestest, bestest friend. Because I have a lot of girl best friends, but I would never find myself doing that with them. So it's just a whole other level. Mm-hmm. And like, how often do you guys find yourself trying to do this you don't try it just happens it just happens yeah all the time yep there's way too many times in the day where either cynthia is laughing at me for something i did or i'm laughing at cynthia for something that she did or said (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it makes life easier because you know you go to you go to work and Mm -hmm. you have to be serious most of the time. Yeah, you have to dress right. up and... You have to dress up. Wear uncomfortable shoes. Act and professional. Uncomfortable clothes and... Mm-hmm. You don't have, like, these moments where you truly, truly just get to let loose at work. Whereas when I come home, or anytime I'm with Alan, it's just like, huh, I can be myself again. Yeah. Completely. Not saying that I'm not myself at work, but there's no, another but level. It's... Yeah. Hmm. Just let's... I, I guess couples should should strive for that. Because I think what you're describing is the word intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's it. Yeah. And just being comfortable in your own skin. I think when you're dating, you're often, I know I was, I was like, do I look cute? Is my hair done? Is my makeup done? But once you're married, there's this another level of like, I can wake up like this and be silly. And like, I love this man. He loves me. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. How? <laughs> huh? Yeah, I mean... She hit the nail on the head. If you're not comfortable being yourself around the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, then why are you going to spend the rest of your life with <laughs> <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. Questions that yeah. need answers. <laughs> yeah. The great questions of life. So besides doing the silly 
voices and stuff, has the number of inside jokes that you have together increased? Maybe in your since your first year, since you first got married. Yeah, I mean, I can't even I can't even count. They just kind of happen spontaneously now. Like yeah. Cynthia will say something, and I'll just start a joke about it and then I'll bring it up again like the next day and she'll be like wait what that's from yesterday I'm yeah like, yeah <laughs> so it's not like it's not even I can't even keep track of them anymore like I, I couldn't even tell you oh yeah this is an inside joke from like right after we got married just because they, they happen so quickly now that it's just like they kind of fall off after a certain uh -huh. point but it's happening every day in your life where mm -hmm. yeah there's, there's a new inside joke like Every half of the day, almost. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely lost count. It's good. And where did you learn, from where did you learn the importance of being silly together? Because, like you said, you know, life can be very serious. Uh, we're very serious people with our, especially here in America, with, uh, you know, we dress up, we go to work, we come home. Mm -hmm. So from where did you hit up, hit, where did you find that nugget of wisdom? I know when we were thinking about the tips, um, we both were like silly was one of the biggest ones. And I think it's because it, it goes beyond just that comfort. It's knowing that no matter what, this other person is not going to leave you. <laughs> no matter how silly you are or how much I make fun of his hair because he woke up with the, the biggest hair that day. He knows it's not coming from a place of evil. He knows it's coming from a place of laughter and joy. Mm. Like I'm being silly to, to share this joy with him, not to make fun of him, to be mean or to bully him in any way. So I think it all goes back to just this inner joy and the way, one of the ways we express it is through our silly times together. Mm. Yeah, and, and sometimes things happen, you know, sometimes we'll get in a fight or sometimes things will be happening, going on around us. Like something may have happened to someone that we know and, you know, you can let yourself sit there and wallow in that feeling, but being able to break out of it and be like, oh, we just cracked a joke and we're fine and we're just going to keep moving forward in life. It keeps you from being cemented in a feeling in a certain place and not progressing to either make a difference or to change that which gave you that bad feeling to add to that though when i'm really upset and he starts joking it only makes me matter so he knows now not to be silly when i'm actually super upset <laughs> like if something's serious it yeah it just makes me really mad back to the word of the day balance, balance. <laughs> so that backfired you on the first the first time that happened yes like. multiple times <laughs> <laughs> It's a very like fine line where you just kind of go see how much you can poke yeah. and just keep poking more and then you're like oh, okay all right that's enough i've <laughs> crossed the line i hadn't even realized it okay mm -hmm. and what is your tip number four so our fourth tip is don't be afraid afraid to own up to your mistakes and irrationalities and what does owning one's mistakes and irrationalities sound like or look like this varies from couple to couple i'm sure but we have a phrase that we use and it's not like we sat down and we're like this is our phrase it just we started using it and we realized that's what the phrase meant so our phrase is can we be friends again so what that means is 
we're admitting that we're being ridiculous and that we need a reset button. So sometimes, mm. like I said, I'm quick to anger. Uh-huh. But sometimes I'm quick to anger over like pluckers, us not going to pluckers or something really small. But I'm letting that affect like that moment. Um, so when I, when I notice that, I'm quick to be like, can we be friends again? And he knows that's me saying, I'm sorry. Can we restart the situation? Can we, like, it's a, it's a reset button. Mm-hmm. Um, and it saves all that awkwardness that some people might not be comfortable with, or maybe you're in public and you, you just can't have that moment of, I'm sorry. And so it's our phrase, can we be friends again? Um, lets him know that I understand I'm being irrational and mm-hmm. ridiculous and mm-hmm. I, wanna re- I wanna start over. And he caught on and he started using it too. Yeah, I started as a joke and then it became serious after a while. <laughs> but what I'm what I really like about that is because Cynthia mentioned how other couples will say I'm sorry. And we see many people saying I'm sorry, I'm sorry, maybe maybe not meaning it or maybe saying it too much where it's lost its meaning back to the word of the day. There is no yeah. balance. There's there's no weight to it. But now you've come up with something specific. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's be friends. <laughs> and it's clear to both of you, we're like, oh, it's like a stop, drop, and roll. It's like, yes, hey, we're yes. on fire. Yes. Stop. Let's handle yes. the situation. Let's start all over. Let's forgive each other for whatever is going on. Take the breath. And oh, that's, that's a great way to explain it. And, and obviously, there's larger issues sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so in public, we'll say, can we be friends again? And in that moment, we will, you know, be normal, be friends again, mm-hmm. but knowing that when we get back home, sometimes those serious issues will need to have that deeper conversation. Um, so. mm. But it works really well for the small things and the big things, mm-hmm. depending on where we are. Yeah, and like she said, sometimes she's too mad and she doesn't want me joking about things. So once I can tell that she's really mad, I just kind of let it go and I just kind of go about what I'm doing. And then eventually she'll come back and be like, can we be friends? And then I know I can start joking again. Like, that's my, okay, you can make a joke. <laughs> that's so true. Yes. So for some couples, like when, when the truth hits, they break up like completely. Why didn't your relationship do that? Um, I think like we said earlier, it goes back to kind of the foundation of our values and all that stuff. Um, and also that, we both realize that neither of us are perfect. Like we understand that in, in, a, in an imperfect world, like, yeah, Alan may not be able to dance and he may not be Mexican, but am I going to go find someone who has all those other qualities I like about Alan and then does all that? And what's the predictability? And same thing with Cynthia. It's like, okay, Cynthia doesn't like sports, but... I'm not going to sit here, argue with her about sports and then break up with her to go find someone who does like sports mm-hmm. when there were other things that I cared about more. And because we put so oh. much emphasis and, va- and value on the foundation of what our values were and what we actually cared about, then whenever anything else kind of broke, then we knew kind of, we'll figure it out. We'll talk it out. We'll own up to our mistakes, we'll say, okay, well, yes, I said all these bad things that you got really mad at me about. 
and we'll take the time to truly understand why we said that. I'll be like, oh, well, it's because these, this is what, how I felt. This is what was going through my head. And this is why I thought it. And then we'll help each other through those situations. So like one of us might've had a certain viewpoint on something and then talking through it, we're like, oh, well, that's because you thought, you know, A plus B equals C when truly A plus B equals D. Mm. And we help each other learn that difference. Assumptions are so dangerous and we had to navigate those the first few months. I think we were both so quick to assume um, that we knew what the other person was thinking mm-hmm. without actually having that conversation. And they're so dangerous because it would just lead to us being really angry at each other for no reason. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talking and making no assumptions. <laughs> and they still happen, right? Because no, it's natural. Yeah, of course. But recognizing that sometimes we're like, what assumption are you making? Or let's talk through your thought process. What are you, how did you get to that conclusion? And, and obviously the key is to being open to tell you, tell each mm-hmm. other, hey, this is how I thought. A plus B does equal C. Where did I go wrong? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So Cynthia mentioned a little bit earlier about how when you guys were dating, you had um, you were trying to impress one another <laughs> and maybe acting a different way. Yeah. Does that still come back and haunt you guys now that you're married? Do you guys still maybe go back to those tendencies? No, because I think that was more like the first couple of years. We do have the luxury that we dated for five years because we were in college. So we weren't weren't ready to get married right after college. Mm -hmm. He has student loans. I was trying to find my way through a career. We were just not there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had that luxury. So I stopped trying to impress him as much the more that we got to know each other, the more comfortable I was with them, mm-hmm. especially once I started seeing him as a potential partner. I mm-hmm. wanted him to know me as me, not as me with makeup, not as me trying to impress him. Uh-huh. Um, because if he decided he didn't want to be with me, I wanted him to make the decision before we were married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Alan, is there anything from your past that still haunts you? Um, she constantly cracks jokes about stuff that I used to do, but like what? <laughs> you don't remember. I don't remember. Like That's what? not true. I was there. Like what? She said I used to have a jerk face. Mm. <laughs> you did. It was unapproachable. You saw him at a party and he just like, don't talk to me. <laughs> okay. But he was cute. So I talked to so, him. So it worked out. <laughs> I I, I, I want to say that's true because when I the, the first time that I met you maybe under the wrong circumstances you came off a little not wanting to talk to people but I mean you were 18 I was 21 so it's, you know like we're we're still kids yeah and then uh, about a month ago or so you guys had you guys held a party here at your apartments and I, when I walked in uh, the first thing I got was a smile from you. Very welcoming, so... I mean... Uh, I think he was just shy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so that was your fourth tip. What we're going to do now is we're going to recap uh, the tips, so I'm going to ask you to uh, say them back to us. So what was your tip number one? So tip number one was quality time together is important. Tip number two. Growth as a married couple becomes supporting your own ideas of growth and your partner's ideas of growth. Tip number three. Don't be afraid to be silly together, whatever that may mean for you. 
And tip number four. Own your mistakes and your irrationalities and anytime you're being ridiculous. Thank you very much. Those are the four tips. Hopefully, uh, the that couple that's getting married a year ago gets them in time, so... <laughs> Overnight? Overnight? Yeah, we'll Overnight. try to overnight them. FedEx yeah. Express. FedEx, definitely a FedEx, <laughs> FedEx Express. Hope it doesn't get stolen off the porch. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it's been a year. How has your love mature? Um, I think we now kind of have a greater understanding of working together for our goals and supporting uh-huh. each other. Um, it's no longer just supporting each other's interests and events in kind of like a half-hearted ma- manner, like Cynthia saying, hey, I want to go to this event for this cause that I want to support and me saying, okay, well, I'll go with you, but then I'm just going to stand there next to her like a plank. <laughs> um, and not smile. <laughs> yeah, it, it becomes, you know, That's going. happened. In the past, before marriage. <laughs> Several times. Um, it, but it becomes, I'm going to go with her and, you know, be approachable. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> smile. Smile. And should we come into any type of conversation with people, like actually taking that conversation seriously and figuring out kind of what's the best way to support Cynthia in that situation or mm-hmm. that event or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think it, um, like he said, but for me, it applies more supporting him in his endeavors of learning new things. He loves to learn about cybersecurity and coding. Um, He's constantly trying to encourage me to do the same, or I would, like, blow him off. Mm -hmm. Now I I take things a lot more seriously. Okay. Um, So, again, it's going from that independent self model to that, oh, we are growing together. We're doing things together now. And I think we've also kind of learned more ways that we can show our love to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this thing that Cynthia is really big on called uh, the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's a test you can take and it kind of tells you what are the ways that you like to show other people that you care about them. And what are the ways that you like to be shown that people care about you? So... You know, we've learned that we both have kind of diff- very different <laughs> love language levels. Uh-huh. We prioritize things differently. Yes. Um, but it's learning what do I do now that I can kind of transform into a different way to show her that I care about her. That supports the way that she mm-hmm. likes being shown that she can, that. Mm. Cool. Highly recommend. Highly recommended. <laughs> Okay, so I did some research on marriage here in the U.S. So according to the Pew Research Study done in 2014, 50% of those surveyed said society is just as well off if people have priorities other than marriage and children. 66% of the 50% were between the ages of 18 to 29 had that opinion. And then 46% of the overall had the opposite opinion. Obviously, you guys are pro-marriage. You guys are married. Why did both of you go against the grain when society is taking this turn of no marriage? So I am, um, I am Catholic. 
and I'm very, very strong on my faith. Um, I, I'm not saying that that was always the truth. Um, I think I completely fell in love with my faith, I want to say maybe four to five years ago, mm-hmm. and is, is when I had that moment. But beyond that, um, was I've always thought family to be the foundation of society. I know no family's perfect, um, but especially working at a middle school with younger children allowed me to see that there's so much hurt within families. There is, there's so many children just hurting from broken families. And I knew that I wanted, like my parents, to raise children and a family within the church where we were together and just trying our best. I'm not saying every family is perfect. That's mm-hmm. so, so hard. But I have friends who are like the kindest people and I can always tell they come from a really, really loving home. I know that sounds crazy, but I've never been proven wrong. Like I just have these friends that are like super loving and super kind. And then I meet their parents and I see their interactions and I just see how how they care for each other, how they treat each other, how they're silly together. And I'm like, wow, you grew up in such a loving home. And now they're in society and they're these adults full of love and full of hope. And I can only hope that I can, in the same way, raise my children mm-hmm. in a home full of love so that, that when they're older, they can also be these members in society that give back, that love and that are kind. Because we live in a world that has so much hate, so much hurt. And sometimes that hate and hurt comes because that person themselves is hurting from so many things that happened in their childhood, right? Yeah. And so if I can make a difference even within my own family, that to me is a lot. So I wanted to, quote unquote, take that risk that many other people don't take to raise a family within the church and become married and become one because marriage is a big deal for me, but especially having a family with Alan. Having a family with Alan. Yeah, and like she said, the whole, like, there's so much hurt in the world, and you, people will watch the news, and a lot of people will get depressed and be like, oh, I can't believe all this stuff is happening. It's on such a large scale that I can't even do anything about it. I just have to sit here and deal with it. But, you know, we all have an impact on our lives, however big or small it may be but you can start by changing just your immediate surroundings and, you know, getting married and eventually starting a family, you can be that change that you want to see. Like that, what is it? That quote? Yeah. The Gandhi quote or something that says, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, and so like, if you want people, (laughs) Gandhi merge. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) If you, if you want people to treat each other with love, then raise and interact with people with that same love and going through life with all these things that we're talking about that's going on that may be scary that we don't know what's going to happen next a lot of things going on in the news that people are upset about um also having someone by your side that you can kind of lean on and build and grow together it's uh, it's the whole kind of breaking one twig or breaking multiple twigs. It's a lot harder to break twigs that are a group of twigs together than it is to break it, break an individual twig. And getting married is the start of that group of twigs that can become unbreakable. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. I love it. Keen of metaphors. 
So hopefully, twenty years from now, I hope to see a lot of twigs. And yes. I'll, I'll just like wrap you guys together. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Also, what I found out in my research is that only forty-eight percent of our population places uh, value on their partners sharing the same type of values. Earlier today, earlier in this interview, you guys mentioned that you guys had the same values together that attracted you to one another, and here you are today. So, what do you think it uh, it's telling about our society that we're Roughly half uh, of the couples out there getting married do not want to share the same values as one another. Unfortunately, I think it means that we're so focused on the surface level. Like, had I really become attached to the idea that I wanted to marry a Mexican man that knew how to dance banda music and that... um, and that liked country music and that wore cowboy boots. If I attached myself to those surface things, I don't know where I would be. So I think it goes back to like just having that strong foundation. And again, that strong foundation is built on those values and those morals. Um, because spiritual warfare is so real. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I have a strong faith, but life happens. Mm-hmm. And I often find myself just in a dark hole. And it, was it not, is, if, it, if Alan wasn't here, um, I don't know how I would get myself out of that hole. So, so it's just having that other person to pick you up whenever you are down and to remind you of what you believe in, remind you of your faith, remind you of your values, because it's not easy. Like doing things alone is not easy. And I think back about my college days or even my high school days. Um, and I, my faith was more shaky back then. And I think it's because I was in that dark hole, but n- there was no one there lifting me up. Um, so yeah, it goes, it goes back to that foundation and not just the surface level. Yeah. And I mean, when you're going through having those morals, as you asked earlier, is what helped us get through some of those truths that would get exposed that you said, you know, when these truths get exposed and things come up, issues come up between couples, sometimes they break up. Yeah. And having those morals to fall down upon and having that, you know, structural foundation that no matter what happens, we'll still be able to support each other with that um, is very powerful. And what do they say? Like 50% of marriages end in divorce. And you said 50% of people or care about values. Yeah. Could so, that be a coincidence? So, I mean, it's like you're building a house. If you don't build a house on a good foundation, any little earthquake's going to take it out. Mm. So, And that's what's happening in our society. Mm-hmm. But what, bothers, what I guess what kind of gets me is we're like after maybe the first tremble of the earthquake, you know, everyone scatters. Everyone yeah, because if you're, gives up. If... If you know you and me live in two different houses and yours is one built on unstable ground, and I you know made sure to sink lots of supports into the ground and make sure that it was very stable before I started building up the house, and we both have the same tremor come through, your house is going to move a lot more, there's going to be a lot more noises and sounds and you know things clattering to the ground, mm-hmm. and so of course you're going to be like, well, I'm going to get out of here because. Who knows if this might happen again? It might be worse than I don't want to deal with it. Whereas 
if I built my house on a lot stronger foundation, that little tremble doesn't affect me as much. Okay. So, thank you for that. Why did you guys live together before you you got (laughs) married? At the base level, um, because it would have been quote unquote financially easier, right? I was living with a roommate. He had his own apartment. Um, we come from very traditional Hispanic families where our parents would completely disapprove and Mm. not be okay with that. And again, family is one of our values. So we very much respected their wishes and what they wanted for us. So I think that's at the very base level, but I think Alan can tell you a little bit more about (laughs) the deeper level. Yeah. And I think we, there were not going to lie. There were several times where we talked about it. We're like, let's, let's just move in together. It'll just be easier. Mm -hmm. We can save money. You know, a lot of our concerns at that time were... And you're the very analytical guy, so... Yeah. Um, But then once we got past the whole, well, you know, my mom will (laughs) teleport from Louisiana to come (laughs) cut my throat in the night when she realizes that you're here. Teleportation Uh, and time travel in this episode and marriage? What? (laughs) Mothers will find a way. They will. (laughs) If you told a mother that her child was on a different planet, she will develop teleportation <laughs> to go save her child. Um, Maybe we need to get moms to Mars or something. That, that should be Ness's next program. I think that's who uh, Elon Musk. Is that R&D what Elon, Elon Musk is. should yeah, that's work his R&D on? That. Department. Yeah, it's, his R&D. it's all moms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but once we got past that kind of initial issue, we're like, okay, well, other than that, why else? It's we realized that it kind of opened us up to. Um, additional temptations of stuff that we would kind of do together living together and that we could take advantage of and that would then take away some of those like some of those special feelings of being married and starting together and building a family together and kind of growing together under after being blessed under, under the blessing and sanctity of marriage in the catholic church Mm. You know, you, we're once we were married, we can say, okay, we're we're now departing on this journey, blessed by God to go forth. Whereas before, together, that, yeah, together. Whereas before that, then we say, you know, we're kind of saying, well, forget what anyone else thinks. This is what we believe is the right thing to do, or we think that our um, our decision making is better than everyone else's who has come before us. Mm. I mean, temptation's real, and we just, we knew that. We knew that living together, what, were we going to have two separate beds? Like, is that financially the best decision? So it just, logistically, was we knew that we weren't going to have two twin beds, so if we weren't going to have two twin beds, then we probably shouldn't live together, because I obviously think he's super cute. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then when he smiles and he's like, he's in a good mood, he's inviting me into it. Exactly. So, yeah, we had to eliminate any possible temptation and as we begin to wrap things up here on our second episode of starter kit what is love um i like to define it as willing the happiness of the other person Mm. regardless of what you may currently be feeling Uh or how you think your opinions may change over time Mm -hmm. it's still wanting that other person to be happy regardless of what you have to go through to do it. Even mm. if I want cookies right now? 
even if you want cookies right now, I will go to the store and go buy you eggs to make cookies. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. Um, Cynthia? It's this, for me, it's this cost and choice of not being selfish. Again, because I'm only child, that's been so difficult. Mm. So because I love Alan, I constantly have to remind myself, it's us. It's not just me. And just wanting the best for him. Um, and as cliche as this will sound, 1 Corinthians 13, one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't know it by heart. Which is that but one? That love is patient, love is kind, dot, dot, dot. Uh-huh. Fill in the rest. I don't know the whole thing, but... Every time I see it, every time I hear it, it just reminds me that, yes, that is exactly what it is. It's this grace of um, not being selfish, of doing things from the right place. Um, But love is also just being weird together. Going Hmm. back to that silly thing, just being weird together, enjoying each other's mutual weirdness. Um, And... I like I, love and home are kind of the same thing to me because home is anywhere Alan is. No matter mm. where I am, home is where Alan is because Al, Alan is where I feel safe, where I feel comfortable. He's my foundation. So, so Louisiana, wherever wherever <laughs> that may be, wherever Alan is, I have come to the conclusion that that's where I feel the best. Mm. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for opening your home to me this evening and letting me bother you with a bunch of questions and can we do this again in four years sure there might be crying babies in the background we'll figure out a way yeah yeah i'll I'll see if i can pencil you and you know those plans for world domination that we talked about yeah i might be busy and pizza so yeah okay (laughs) okay thank you very much guys you've been awesome today and one last thing where can people find you um, Dallas. Dallas? D- Dallas. Dallas. Dallas works. I'm not trying to have too many stalkers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm on social media, so is Cynthia. I don't really post much, though, so okay. she's, she's probably the better person to follow. Yes. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, occasionally Facebook, but uh-huh. definitely Twitter. Uh, I think I'll, I'll just post your Twitter handle and yes. on uh, the description of this episode. Thank you so much, guys, for listening To those of you who are listening every time we post, thank you so much. You uh, bring excitement and joy to us here at Behind the Curtain. Remember to follow us on the social media links in the description of this episode. My name is Andy Ortiz. Thank you. Mm